0: Welcome to episode 25 of Insects for Dummies. I'm your host, Mitchell Logan, and today we will be talking about the greater waxworm. This is a caterpillar that naturally feeds on honeycombs and belongs to the family of moths known as Pyralidae. Waxworms are used commercially to feed reptiles and other insectivore pets, but they don't actually supply a lot of nutrients on their own, so it's best to supplement or gut load them with a nutritious diet beforehand. The caterpillars are incredibly easy to breed and raise in captivity, which is another reason why so many people use them in the reptile community. Now we're going to mention a familiar friend, the honeybee. Because to a honeybee, these worms are not nearly as useful. In fact, they're actually horrible. And here's why. Imagine if some random kid showed up in your house and started eating your walls and food. Are you going to finish that Well, course? now you know how honeybees feel when a waxworm shows up in the hive. Here's how it happens. Wax moths seek out a hive at night, sneak in and lay eggs on the honeycombs. The larvae develop by eating beeswax, honey, pollen, and sometimes the larvae and pupae of developing bees. They also leave behind a trail of webbing, which makes it extremely difficult for the bees to remove them. A weak hive can be destroyed within a two week period, or even 10 days, but stronger hives can save themselves from the dreaded pest. Unfortunately for beekeepers, these moths and caterpillars have made their way to almost all the continents, except for Well, if you've been listening from the beginning, you know which one. But despite being an absolute nuisance to honeybees and beekeepers, these caterpillars might actually offer humans some aid in a world polluted by plastics. Because as it turns out, plastic happens to be a sustainable option for their diet. I'm not going to say on record that these caterpillars will save us from our problem, but they can definitely help us figure out a better way to degrade plastic. Now, the story of how we discovered the useful trait lies in the hands of a beekeeper. One day in 2017, a woman named Federica was cleaning waxworms out of her beehive. She placed them in a plastic bag only to discover not long after that they were eating it. The trick to this is in their gut and how it's able to break down and dissolve plastics the same way it does for honeycombs. Turns out simple plastics and the wax produced by bees aren't that different, chemically speaking. Both are very long strings of carbon. Into the caterpillar's gut, they'll both get the job done, providing nutrients to these hungry worms. Again, we can't rely on them to fix our problem, because it would take way too long and way too many caterpillars to get any substantial work done. However, what we can do is look at the microorganisms living in their digestive tract and use that knowledge to create a better way for breaking down plastics. These caterpillars are able to break down polyethylene and turn it into glycol, which is biodegradable. That's pretty sweet. Since their discovery in 2017, we've been able to modify the bacteria found in their stomachs to break down plastics much faster. Hopefully in the near future, will have a stable solution to our current plastic pollution. Another less heroic use for wax worms is as fish bait. The angling community will sometimes refer to them as waxies and use these worms to catch a variety of panfish, trout, and other freshwater species. I've actually never tried to use them before, but it might be worth it. Apparently, it's possible to chum up freshwater by throwing small handfuls into the area you want to target. Then, of course, Hook the fairest of them all to secure a bite. Since these are easy to breed, they make for a good, sustainable bait choice. Now, if you're a fisherman like myself, or care for reptiles or amphibians and want to learn how to raise them, then keep listening, because I'm about to tell you how. Waxworms are incredibly easy to cultivate, and the best way to start is by preparing a glass container or a hard plastic container. The bigger the size, the more worms you can successfully raise. If you choose a softer plastic container, the worms will of course chew right through it, as we've learned thus far. Next, you wanna have a cover for the container, which should be mesh, and 20 gauge or smaller, so you don't get any escape artists. If you're super concerned about potential escapees, then you can put the container in a larger container, holding one inch of water. Now, before we get into the food, you'll want to make sure your container is clean by washing it. Once it's dried, you can then add food, which there are a few options for. The most basic is to mix a box of mixed grain baby cereal with one third cup of honey and one third cup of glycerin. If the mix is too thick to stir, you can add a little water until it's more malleable. Once you have this prepared, you can just pour it right into the container with a few sheets of wax paper. The paper is used for the moths to lay eggs on because you'll wanna make sure some of your worms grow up and mate. So in this situation, you wanna put the wax paper kind of loosely on top. But of course, you don't want the wax paper to seal. So you might want to crumple it up, for example, and get some grooves in there. I think the best practice is to leave the majority of your first worms for the egg laying. And then once you start raising your second generation, you can begin using those worms to feed your animals or, in my case, use as fish bait. If you notice the food getting low, you'll just need to make more and add as necessary. And of course, make sure to clean out any dead moths once the mating has finished. These worms will do well in standard room temperature, outside of direct sunlight. And that's it. Very simple and super affordable. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Insects for Dummies. As always, I'm going to ask for your help. And that's to rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening, if you're enjoying it. If you'd like to send a listener email to request something that I haven't talked about yet, please feel free to do so at insectsfordummies at gmail.com. There's also an Instagram and Facebook page for those who would like images of the insects I talk about on the show. Next week, we're covering a special insect that can make webs using its hands.